Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Spa Strong Podcast. I'm Royal. I'm Melissa. And we have a super duper cool, awesome person, expert on our podcast today. Yes, we do. But before we introduce our super duper cool expert person, <laughs> we want to talk to y'all for a second. If you are loving the Spa Strong Podcast, which we know so many of y'all are, please leave a review. We would really appreciate if you could just leave us a five-star review on whatever platform it is you're listening, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Google Play, whatever. Um, We get lots of DMs and emails from y'all talking about how much you love the podcast, which we love to hear. But it would be awesome if you could leave a review because that would really help us with our ratings, which helps us get exposed to more estheticians. So we really want to reach as many estheticians as we can. And by you leaving a review... That will help us reach our goal. Okay, thanks. We love you. Okay, now our special amazing guest is Allison Ramos. Allie is a board-certified orthopedic specialist and doctor of physical therapy based in Southern California. She's also a former college tennis player and Royals personal physical therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Allie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy and excited to talk to you guys. Yay. We're happy to have you too. We've been trying to get this podcast episode going for a while now. For months, but you'd be too busy. You'd be bougie. I remember when Royal first told me about your business. I remember exactly what room we were in and he was telling me about Spa Strong and this business. And I was like, wow, this this is new. I've never heard of anything like it. It's really cool. So I'm excited to see where you guys are right now and how you guys have grown as a business. It's really awesome to see. Thank, Thank you. you. We're we're pretty <laughs> excited about it. And um, Allie, you've read our Boundaries and Aesthetics book. What do you think of it? Yes, I have. It is freaking awesome. And it is so applicable to every business that is a service business. So for instance, physical therapy, I deal with clients on a regular basis. And you're so right. You have to set your boundaries for your own safety. Um, I mean, you're in a personal space, you're in close encounters with your client, and you got to set your boundaries because otherwise people can get the wrong impression um, and your safety goes out the window. So I think it's a really applicable book to all different types of uh, client businesses. Awesome. Thank Thank you you. so much. Yes, you Um, guys are awesome. uh, Thanks. We think you're awesome, (laughs) which is why we wanted you here. (laughs) Um, So tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into physical therapy. Yeah, so I've been playing tennis since I was six years old, and I was competing in tournaments um, almost every weekend, locally, nationally, and some internationally. Um, and I was top ranked in Southern California and then top ranked in the nation. And I had my fair share of my overuse injuries. I had tennis elbow growing up. I had um, some knee pain and then I eventually got a full ride scholarship to USC where I played for four years and I was the team captain my senior year. Um, I was a volunteer assistant coach uh, one year after, but during that time, I had carpal tunnel. So every time I was gripping the racket, I had numbness and tingling in my hands. Um, I had shoulder impingement. So every time I would serve, I just had this sharp 
stinging pain in my shoulder. Uh, I had multiple ankle sprains. I'm pretty sure I don't have any more ligaments in my ankles. But um, I had my fair share of injuries. So I spent a lot of time in the training room, spent a lot of time with my physical therapist. And I was like, you know what, this is a really cool profession, rehabbing people to get them back to what they want to be doing. uh, That gives them joy. um, And that gives them purpose. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was actually a pre-med major, and then I switched my major to kinesiology or human performance, and that's just the study of uh, the human body and movement and training and coaching, which was pretty awesome. Also nutrition, um, and then I pursued physical therapy school, went to Cal State Long Beach, um, got my doctorate of physical therapy, and you know I'm. A, I'm an overachiever. I'm going to admit it. And so, you know, four years of undergrad, three years of uh, a doctorate program. I wanted to do one more year of school. So I did my residency at Kaiser Permanente for an orthopedic specialty Mm -hmm. where we had weekend classes, 32 of the 52 weekends, in addition to working 40 hours a week. Um, And so I was taking courses and studying while having a full-time job, taking exams. And then after that one-year residency, I took a seven-hour board exam to become a specialist in orthopedics. Um, And I remember when I took that exam, I actually had the flu. I was sick with the flu because I was so stressed. Oh my gosh. I know. And after that exam, like, I mean, I was just trying to survive the exam. I was just trying to stay awake. I was just trying to read the questions. And after that test, I was like, yeah, I failed that test. Ugh. And it was like $2,000 to take this exam. Wow. And I was like, well, there goes that money. And then one month later, I got my uh, test results while I was working and my hands were shaking and then it said pass and I was like all right we're good yes. to go and oh um, <laughs> so now I'm working at tag physical therapy in El Segundo and I have the best bosses the best clients um, and so you know everything works out for a reason and where I'm at is is a pretty happy and special place so I'm I'm happy with where I am right now that's, That's amazing. Awesome. I love it. I didn't even know a bunch of that stuff about your yeah. background. I didn't know you were board, <laughs> so, board certified orthopedic specialist. Yeah. I didn't know that, you know, you did your residency at Kaiser or your residency at Kaiser. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. I didn't know any of that. Right. That's cool. <laughs> and you, you studied nutrition, nutrition? also? Uh, that was for my undergrad. So that's part of uh, our major was, you know, the human body, nutrition. So it's just all encompassing with like a holistic approach with exercise, eating well, staying active. Um, I mean, it was such a cool major. Yeah. Exercise, awesome. you know, muscles, weightlifting. It was a really cool major. That's so awesome. That's probably exactly. something I should have majored in instead of theater. <laughs> <laughs> What did I do? <laughs> oh, that is so good. Oh my gosh. But yeah. I didn't I didn't develop an appreciation for those things until after I met Royal. So oh well, it is what it is. But <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, we might have to circle back to nutrition just a little bit if you don't mind. Sure. Um, sure. But okay, so you got interested in physical therapy because you were super, super active. 
um, playing tennis, moving all the time and having (laughs) these injuries from repetitive movements and everything like that. Okay. So for our estheticians who are listening, they might be like, okay, that's great for you, Allie, because you get up and you move your body, but I'm sitting all day in my treatment room with my clients. So what does physical therapy have to do with me? So Here's a, a scary statistic. So we spend more than 50% of our waking hours in a sitting position. And as an mm. esthetician, you're probably sitting longer than a normal person, right? Because this is your occupation. Um, and previous research has shown that sitting for a long period of time increases your risk for developing low back pain. Mm-hmm. And it has shown that two to seven out of 10 people around the world have low back pain just from sitting for a long period of time. And mm. that's, that's scary. So this is your job and, you know, you sit for majority of the day. And so it is definitely important to wash your ergonomics, which is basically how you're set up while you're at work. Um, basically watching your posture and performing corrective exercises to get you out of that position. Um, Because as you're sitting, you know, doing your lash extensions, your facials, you're bent over, forward, reaching, slouching, um, treating your clients. And guess what? Your body's not made to be in that position for a long period of time after working back-to-back clients from, you know, eight to five or whatever your hours may be. Um, You know, your body's just not meant for that kind of repetitive stress and movement. So think about like a professional baseball pitcher who's you know, pitching a hundred pitches for the opening game, like that's a lot of stress on their joints and their muscles. And um, same thing goes to an esthetician. So you want to think about that stress and that mechanical stress and force that are on your joints and on your muscles. And it's very applicable to um, estheticians as well. It's very important because this is your health and this is your wealth, right? Mm-hmm. If you're if you're in pain and, you know, you can't grip your tweezers or you can't massage your client's face because your hands are tired and they're hurting, then that's the longevity of your career. So it is very important to take care of yourself. And we'll talk about, you know, what types of injuries there are for repetitive motions uh, that estheticians perform. And we'll dive a little bit deeper in what you can and should do uh, either before and after working. I love it. I'm like, okay, we learned a lot. Thank you, Allie. That was like so (laughs) inclusive. (laughs) But we'll definitely dive deeper. Don't worry, (laughs) y'all. So it is important for estheticians to know about physical therapy. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I wish that I could go back and actually not even just physical therapy, but literally like allow myself to recognize that my body needed help because I was so like, oh my gosh, I've got to be working all the time. If I'm not working, then my boss is going to be upset with me, which my boss, but your body's going to be upset. I know exactly. Or like, I can't see my clients. And so I have to just keep pushing through it. And, um, I worked in pain all the time, but I, it didn't even occur to me to go and get help for it because mm-hmm. I just had all these other barriers. And I mean, another aspect of it is that a lot of estheticians are self-employed or they're part-time and don't mm-hmm. have benefits. So they don't have right. health insurance to be able to, you know, go to a doctor and get a referral and then go to a physical therapist. Um, so 
those are all things that are kind of barriers. It's like, I don't want to take time off. I don't want to pay for it, but Mm -hmm. you're exactly right. I love what you said. This is your health and this is your wealth because Mm -hmm. if we aren't healthy, then we can't keep making money. We can't provide services that we love for our clients whom we love. Exactly. So I remember listening, I think it was episode 12. um, You guys, there was a woman, her name was Nicole Payne. Yes. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about Oh, that's so funny. Her last name is Payne. Yeah, <laughs> but Sarah Nicole Payne. About, yeah. She was talking about actually her pain and what she is experiencing. And, you know, I think the first step is noticing that you are in pain. Mm-hmm. That is the first step to taking care of yourself. Like noticing, okay, my forearms are getting really, really tight um, after working with, uh, you know, eight clients in a row. Um, I need to maybe reduce the number of clients, uh, perform some stretches, um, icing, taking non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. It's noticing that first step and knowing, okay, this is not normal. Um, Because I think like with type A personalities, especially, they're like, oh, you know, this is going to go away. I'm just going to keep going, keep working. This is going to go away. It's it's not going to go away. And um, just noticing when you have your pain um, and doing something about it right away to nip it in the bud is the most important thing. The worst thing you could do is wait and wait and wait because, as Royal know, knows with the workers' comp, the longer you wait, um, you know, the longer the process takes for rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had talked about it turns into chronic pain and it's no longer the tissues that are affected. It's now your brain and your central nervous system that has changed and causing these pain that you're feeling. So you want to make sure you nip it in the bud, um, notice your symptoms and do something right away about it. And you don't necessarily have to go to your doctor. You don't have to go to, um, a physical therapist, you can look on YouTube or even like on Google, like use Dr. Google as your resource. Like I have pain here. What stretches can I do for that? So mm-hmm. um, definitely just taking action as soon as you can um, will is going to give you the best prognosis and the best outcome. Yeah. And we actually have um, a worksheet of stretches that Ali put together specifically for y'all spa strong estheticians. And so we'll link that in the episode notes so that y'all can take advantage of that as well. Yeah. So I included uh, chair stretches. Uh, We have a handout at work uh, that are just specific chair exercises that you could perform while you're, you know, waiting for that facial to seep in. Like you could just do some stretches in your chair while you're waiting um, or in between clients. Um, and then I have that more comprehensive um, worksheet that I gave you guys, basically treating head to toe, gave mm-hmm. you neck exercises all the way down to your foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so just making sure you take care of yourselves head to toe. So if like you're on your feet for a long period of time, like pain in your feet is not normal. So just making sure you um, have the proper shoe wear, proper insoles, stuff like that. Yeah, I love that the worksheet and the um, stretches and everything that you put together because I think there's kind of this idea of, okay, if I'm going to care for my body, then it's going to require 
tons and tons of time. I've got to book it into my schedule. It's going to take me away from my clients. And so I'm just going to keep putting it off and putting it off. Whereas with these worksheets, you're able, or with the worksheets that you put together, you're able to see, oh, these are simple little exercises that you can do, just like you said, in between clients or while their eyes are closed and the mask is setting, you know, or something along those lines, you can easily just do some movements really quick. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I also wanted to ask you, is it, do little movements throughout the day really make a difference or 100% because if you think about those awkward slouching reaching positions that you're in for the majority of the day you need to correct those positions that means you got to get in the exact opposite position so um it is so critical to keep your body moving because nerves muscles joints those all like to move if they're stagnant and they're um, in a bad posture for a long period of time guess what they're going to tell you they're going to say hey this is this is not what I'm supposed to be doing and they're going to be angry yeah I like that definitely those those corrective movements are so essential throughout your day awesome yeah I like that Estheticians now have this, well, yeah, this resource <laughs> form because now it gives them nobody else to blame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing is taking accountability, like taking responsibility and being accountable for your health. If you aren't feeling well, that's on you. Do something about it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I and I I understand that there's this fear of, oh, I can't take time off. And you know, my clients will be mad if I reschedule. Okay. Well, maybe you need to look at the clientele you have if they're going to be angry because you have to go to the doctor, you know, or to go to a physical therapist or go get a massage or whatever it is that you need for your personal wellness. I mean, you've got to choose to take care of yourself because nobody else is going to do that for you. Right. You have to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. Mm -hmm. And with physical therapy, so let's say you do are fortunate enough to have insurance, go to the doctor, get a referral, go to physical therapy. Physical therapists want you to be independent. Yes, we're going to help jumpstart the healing process with massage or joint mobilizations or modalities such as ice and heat. Um, But really, we give you these exercises to be able to perform them at home. And um, just keeping it short and sweet and to the point, I think, like if your exercises are 10 minutes long max, I think that'll help with patient compliance and accountability. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to see you, you know, three times a week for six weeks. We want to see you like once a week or once a month just to check in, make sure your exercises are going well. Um, but yeah, definitely taking accountability. Um, and then again, taking care of yourself because, you know, if you're in pain, then you can't treat your clients. Yeah. I think that's so important that you mentioned, um, you know, your physical therapists want you to be independent because you might think, oh my gosh, if I start going to physical therapist, then it's going to be a big time commitment. I'm going to have to take a lot of time off, but that's important to realize also. I, I mean, I'm assuming that if you're like, Hey, this is, you know, this is my schedule. I don't have tons of time. And the physical therapist will probably set you up so that you can be doing a lot of things at home and then just do, you know, biweekly or monthly checkups, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's so awesome. 
Uh, real quick, is there something like you said? Ask Google if you have any pain or anything like that. Is there a certain mm-hmm. website that you know of that I should really be looking at specific? Because if I ask Google, because um, if I tell Google I had a toothache, I was supposed to be dead three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have cancer. Right? Yeah. Um, well, you're pregnant. You know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know. There are some good resources out there. So I know on Instagram, um, I have a colleague named Caleb Burgess, and he works at Kaiser. He's also an orthopedic, an orthopedic and a sports certified specialist. Um, so let me just go on Instagram right now to give you his um, account. Um okay. His Instagram is Dr. Caleb Burgess. He is a doctor of physical therapy, orthopedic certified specialist, uh, sports specialist as well. Um, He kind of has a bunch of exercises that highlight, okay, do you want core strength? Um, Do you have back pain? And he kind of like generalizes it um, in terms of the exercises so that it could be done with uh, any type of patient. Um, so he's a good resource. There's also the prehab guys on Instagram awesome, awesome. and they highlight, um, like areas if you have back pain or if you want to target shoulder pain, they have really basic exercises that, uh, you could refer to there as well. Awesome. awesome. And we'll link their information into the episode notes so that y'all Perfect. can get that and check out their resources. That's yes. great. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about lower back pain. Um, Mm -hmm. This is something. What do you want to talk about? I know all about it. Royal. (laughs) Poor Royal. Royal's the living definition of lower back pain. I'm so sorry. 100%. (laughs) Um, So like how bad is that really? I mean, because I think that they're Royal, not you. (laughs) I'm talking about in general (laughs) because – you know, Ali, you mentioned earlier, like type A personality and a lot of not just solo estheticians, but estheticians were very driven. We want to work more, see more, do more. And um, so we do have a difficult time with balance and putting our health first and making that a priority. And so mm-hmm. I think there's kind of this, I'm not going to give in because that's just weakness. I'm not giving mm-hmm. in to my back pain because I'm stronger than that. And I... Mm-hmm. I don't have to pay attention to that distraction. Like mm-hmm. how serious is it really? So you're, if you think about your lower back, that is the pillar for your extremities. It is the pillar for your arms and for your legs. So if you have lower back pain, what happens is, is that you become weak in your abdominal muscles because pain inhibits muscles. And if you're weak in your abdominals, um, it's going to cause pain down the extremities, uh, down your arms, down your legs. So it's going to cause a bunch of different problems, mm-hmm. as Royal knows. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to make sure you treat lower back pain uh, pretty quickly. Um, it is shown that if you get treated for your lower back, you have a decreased risk for opioid abuse. Um, so a lot of people who wait to get treatment for their lower back. Um, a lot of them get addicted to opioids and that is uh, resulting in this crisis that we have nationwide. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, just paying attention, 
noticing your lower back pain. Um, and you might have it at the end of the day with at, when you're done with your clients and you're like, oh, this is normal. You know, I've just been working for a long period of time. But no, it's not normal because if you think about if you get older and if you continue doing working the amount of uh, clients that you are working with, um, you're not going to heal as fast. And then, then you're going to wake up with lower back pain. Then you're going to have back pain throughout the rest of the day, not just at the end of the day. So then it kind of snowballs and gets worse. So you just want to make sure you treat it right away. Yeah. Um, so what are ways, I know we've talked about stretches that you provided mm-hmm. for us, stretches that they can find in other resources as well, but ice versus heat or, um, Mm -hmm. like the power dot. Have you, have we talked to you about the power dot before? Do you know what that is? No. What is that? So power dot is this awesome recovery tool that Royal bought for me because a lot of CrossFit CrossFit athletes use it. And it's essentially like those little, I don't know if electrode is the right word, Mm -hmm. that the little Mm -hmm. stimulators that you put on the stickies. And yep. then um, it is the business. it's so great. And you mm-hmm. just control it with an app on your phone. Well, if Allie thinks it's a good thing, yeah. I'll link it in the show I, notes. But, yeah. So oh. I'm looking at it right now and it looks like an electrical simulator. So mm-hmm. those do help in terms of reducing pain for a short amount of time. Okay. So let's say at the end of the day, um, you know, you just want to rest and relax. You don't want to do some exercises. This is a good way to help reduce some of pain that you're experiencing because what it does theoretically is it is a um, distractor. So this blocks the pain receptors um, in your nervous system. And then you're feeling the little tingles instead of like that sharp, dull ache that you were experiencing before. So Uh It does help with the temporary pain relief, but you want to make sure you do and take an active approach um, to treating your pain. So that is with stretches and that is with strengthening and that is with correcting your exercises. Okay. So that's, would you say that it's more for, um, like I use it a lot for my workout pain and Mm -hmm, that's just, uh uh-huh. And that's Mm -hmm. just temporary. You know, so it is. I'll, it is just temporary, but mm-hmm. what it also does, um, it is you know bringing blood flow to the area to promote healing as well. Mm. Um, depending on like the setting that you have. Okay, yeah, because I'll use it like I said a lot for like muscle soreness after my workouts, but I do have upper back pain from my um, original car accident still after all mm-hmm. these years, and I'll use it up there and. I don't know. Maybe it is just like a mental thing, but I feel like it really helps. <laughs> it does. And you're right. And it totally does. And you want to make sure you do anything that makes you feel better. So whether it is, you know, doing this power dot or taking a hot bath, like you want to do things that make you feel good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk um, hot versus cold. Mm-hmm. When would you use okay. heat? When would you use ice? Okay, so you want to use ice when you are in the acute phase. And what the acute phase is, is the first 24 to 72 hours of noticing your injury. Um, So you want to use ice initially. And what that does, it it helps uh, decrease some of those inflammatory cytokines um, and 
allows you to feel better. It has an analgesic effect or a numbing effect. So it helps reduce the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the subacute phase and the chronic phase, that's over two days. That's when you can start using heat. Um, but definitely for the first 24 to 72 hours of noticing your injury is when you want to use ice. Okay. Um, and muscles uh, like both ice and heat. So it's really preference as to which uh, which uh, modality you want to use, whether it's ice or heat, um, once you're in that subacute to chronic phase. Okay. But definitely that first uh, day to three days, that window, you want to be using ice. Ice. Okay. So this this might be a dumb question, but um, and maybe it's based solely on like geography, like where you're feeling the pain. But is there a way to know if it's a muscle pain versus like a I don't know, a ligament, a ligament or, or a tendon, tendon or something like that. Or a joint. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good question. So typically muscles feel superficial. Um, you can touch that muscle and it feels tender. So for instance, like if you're doing squats and you're lifting heavy, you're going to touch your quad, you're going to touch your glute. And it's very superficial, mm-hmm. right? You just feel that muscle and you're like, yeah, that's, that's sore. Mm-hmm. So that's how you know it's more muscle. Whereas if it's deep, if it feels deep in the joint, like if it feels deep in your hip, um, if it feels deep in your lower back, then that's how you know it's more joint related. Okay. Okay. So with, Mm -hmm. with lower back pain, is that generally like more joint related? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. So a lot of uh, physical therapy research has shown that you are actually unable to pinpoint the the pain producer. So there are many things that could cause pain, muscle, joint, ligaments, um, discs. Uh, but what the physical therapy research shows is that you're unable to pinpoint exactly what it is because the tissues are so close and linked together. So that's what makes the back so complex. Mm. Um, and, with lower back pain, um, you can tell if it's disc or if it's muscle from movements. So for instance, uh, flexion-based injuries, so like bending forward to reach for your toes, and that causes um, an excruciating amount of pain, um, that's typically disc injuries. Um, however, Disc injuries do heal. So a lot of people freak out. And as soon as they hear they have a disc injury, they're like, you know, I'm screwed for life. Like Mm -hmm. I have an L4, L5 disc herniation. um, And they had it probably when they're in their 20s and then now they're 50. But guess what? Discs heal. They're so... Um, they're so strong because they're supposed to hold a lot of force and rotation and movement. So they're really strong and discs do heal. Um, so I just want people to find comfort in the fact that their bodies do heal themselves. Okay. So um, what if it is like a, would a flexion mm-hmm. injury be the same as like not having enough lumbar support or is that the opposite? Correct. Okay. So for instance, yeah, so you just nailed it on the head. So for instance, if someone is sitting for a long period of time and they don't have lumbar support, if they don't have something that's holding their back and their back is rounding um, and it looks like a C curve, 
um, then what can happen is you put a lot of strain on all the structures in the back. So your muscles, your ligaments, your joints, your discs. Um, so when you're in that position for a long period of time, um, those structures are going to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to make sure if you're sitting for a long period of time, um, you either want to stand and, you know, perform some stretches, uh, push your hips forward, extend your lower back, um, or you just want to have a lumbar support. So roll up a towel or roll up a blanket, put it behind your lower back, um, just to push your spine forward so that your belly button goes forward. Um, that's the type of support that you ideally want when you're sitting for a long period of time. Okay. So I know a lot of estheticians, we use like medical stools, like doctor mm-hmm. stools that either mm-hmm. don't have a back at all, or they just have that, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the kind of mid little, back support. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but the ones that have the small back support, they have that, I want to call it a spine, but it's not a spine. Like the little piece that connects the, the back support to the bottom of the chair. And um, mm-hmm. maybe you could roll up a blanket or something and put it there and have that little chair spine hold it in place. I don't know if anybody's going to be able to visualize what it is that I'm saying right now. But. Right. <laughs> so what we could do, I'm actually wearing a lumbar support right now. It's a little McKinsey roll and basically it's strapped around my waist and it's at my lower back. And the reason why I have it is because I'm short. And so um, in order for my feet to hit the floor, I have to scoot my bottom forward on the chair. And so my back is then unsupported. Um, so what it, what it does is it just goes to my lower back and it pushes my spine forward as I'm sitting in my desk chair so that I have proper posture so that I'll, I'll make sure we link that too. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Royal just, I just pulled it up. That's badass. That's really cool. So do you, do you wear that whenever you're sitting for long periods of time? Um, definitely. So whenever I'm at my desk, um, I wear my lumbar support, even if it's sitting for, uh, 30 minutes a day, um, you know, just because I'm short and I have to scoop my feet forward, my back isn't supported. So this gives me um, that support that I need when I'm sitting. Wow. Okay. That's very cool. I didn't even know that was a thing, mm-hmm. but that could be extremely beneficial, especially, yes. you know, if you're doing like volume lashes, for example, yeah, if you have a full set, you could be sitting for two and a half, three hours. Um, right. Or even longer, depending on, you know, the thickness of the lashes or um, your level of expertise. I mean, all of that. And so having something like that would probably be really beneficial, beneficial. except it's yep. it's hard because when you're doing something very, very detailed, like lash extensions, um, you you also want to be right over the client. Right. And so mm-hmm. then, and I know we, we've talked about this with you on our Instagram, but who are suffering from like that text neck syndrome where your head Mm -hmm. is bent forward and then you're putting so much extra strain on your neck because you're not only like sitting, but you're also leaning over your client to be able to see their lashes or, you know, whatever it is you're working on. Right. Right. And that's why it's so important that you guys have to do your corrective exercises because sometimes there are, there is no way that you could be ergonomic where you could be efficient with your body mechanics. Um, and that's why those corrective exercises are so important to do because sometimes, you know, like you said, you have to be bent over and performing those lash extensions. 
Um, there's no way you can really have perfect posture for the amount of time that you're working on your client. So yes, like going back to those corrective exercises are really important. And then going back to text neck. So if, uh, people don't know what the text neck uh, syndrome that we're talking about. Um, it's basically an overuse syndrome and a, a repetitive stress injury where your head is forward and you're looking down at your phone or at your client uh, mm-hmm. for an extended period of time. So if you're uh, sitting up tall, your head is over your shoulders, um, your neck is in neutral, the force on your neck is 10 to 12 pounds. And that's how heavy your head is. That's, that's the normal weight of your head. But even if you tilt just 15 degrees forward, that increases the weight of your head to 27 pounds. So it almost Mm. triples the amount of weight on your neck. So that's straining your muscles, that's straining your ligaments, that's straining your joints in your neck and your upper back for that matter. Um, And then going to 30 degrees, it increases the weight to 40 pounds. It, you know, quadruples the weight of your head. Then 45 degrees is 50, and then 60 degrees is 60 pounds. So if you think about, you know, tilting your head 60 degrees while you're working on lash extensions on your patients, and you're in that position, how long does it take to do lash extensions? I mean, it can be up to, we'll say up to three and a half hours. So up to three and a half hours, your neck is having to hold 60 pounds for three and a half hours. Mm. Like just imagine, just imagine holding like a 60 pound bowling ball. Oh. And with your arms straight out in front of you, um, and you're holding a 60 pound bowling ball, think of how tired your shoulders are going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, your neck muscles are going to feel, you know, that 60 pounds after three and a half hours. So, uh, you definitely want to make sure you do your corrective exercises, um, and do a lot of strengthening exercises. So not just stretching, but you need to uh, realize that there's a muscle imbalance. When there are short and tight muscles, the opposing muscles are lengthened and weakened. So mm-hmm. for instance, like the muscles between your shoulder blades, like those are becoming weak because you're slouching and bent forward. So it's important to do like upper back strengthening exercises like rows, mm-hmm. um, like pull-ups, like um, stuff like that. So making sure your your upper back is strong as well. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good um that's a really good point as well because you know strengthening those muscles makes such a huge difference and that's another thing that we need to be doing as estheticians is budgeting in time to work out and to exercise and to and it's not a like oh, I want to be like skinny or whatever. I mean, if you want to, that's great. But mm-hmm. it's also because this is your health that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And when right. you have strong core muscles, which your core is your entire trunk area, not just your abs. Exactly. You have your and it's your glutes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So when you're strong in those areas, then you're you're going to have less pain um, and less chances of injury, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that brings up a great question. What? I think I did talk about this in that episode with Sarah Nicole Payne, um, where when I was in my car accident and I had to shut my doors from for my business, mm-hmm. and I had so much upper upper neck back, um, or excuse me, upper back neck and shoulder pain after mm-hmm. that accident. And I mean, I was in physical therapy for like nine months. I had so many problems from that, but I was Mm -hmm. never going to the gym at that point. I was not doing Mm -hmm. any kind of stretch. Well, I had 
one amazing client who was a physical therapist, not physical therapist, a personal trainer, and we would mm-hmm. trade. And so after she would come in for her lashes, then we would take out my foam roller and my yoga mat from under my massage table and we would do stretches and things like that together. But it was like mm-hmm. once, maybe twice a week was all I was doing. I wasn't focusing on building strength in my back, my shoulders, nothing like that. So my right. question is, had I been stronger, would that have affected the amount of injury that I endured? Like, would it have so been less potentially? Your question is, if you had been stronger prior to the car accident? Right. right. Okay. Um, 100%. Mm-hmm. So the stronger you are going into any injuries, whether it is a car accident, whether it is a total knee replacement, whether it is an ACL reconstruction, the stronger you are going into an injury, the better your outcomes are. Wow. So just being stronger in general. So I used to, you know, work out at the gym during physical therapy school and um, a friend of mine was like, what are you training for? And I looked at him and I'm, I'm like, life, mm-hmm. like I'm training for life. Yeah. Like you just want to make sure you stay strong because as you get older, guess what? Getting up from that chair is going to be hard, but you've been training squats your entire life. So guess what? Getting up from a chair when you get older is going to be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get older and you fall on the floor, guess what? You have to push yourself up. You know, those push-ups that we've been doing our entire lives is, is now um, serving a cause. But there are a lot of functional exercises that we should be doing because of life. Um, If you think about like the number of times you perform a squat a day, like how many times you get up from a chair, like countless, right? Mm -hmm. And so just making sure you stay strong with your foundation, um, with the core, with your glutes, with your shoulders um, helps prevent and reduce your risk for injury, one, um, and two, gives you better outcomes if and when you do get injured. Mm. Yeah, that would have made a huge difference for me because I was just not strong at all. And I was abusing my muscles day in and day out. And I, mm-hmm. at that point I had cut my schedule down to where I was only working about 25 hours a week. Uh, mm-hmm. But even then I, I really wasn't doing anything to take care of my body physically. And, um, mm-hmm. other than getting plenty of sleep, <laughs> 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 but, um, but other than that, yeah. So That's definitely something that I've thought about a lot. Like, how would my life, not to say that I'm upset with how it turned out because I'm grateful my life turned out the way that it did, but how Mm -hmm. might it have been different if I had been stronger in my muscles before that injury occurred? Yeah. For sure. And as you're lifting weights and you're getting stronger, you could tell the difference between muscle soreness and pain. So there is Mm -hmm. a difference. Whereas I know I treat a lot of patients who've never worked out a day in their life and I'm having them do like a simple rotator cuff exercise and they're like, oh, it's causing pain in my shoulder. And I have to differentiate, is it pain or is it muscle working? Oh, it's, it's muscle tightening. It's muscle working. So mm. just being able to notice that difference of like muscle working, muscle soreness and pain makes a huge difference as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going back to what you're saying about sleep, um, people don't realize it, but sleep is really important for rehabbing your body as well. So your body was probably telling you like, Hey, I need to sleep in order for your body to help recover 
and rehab itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably so. I mean, I think that that definitely makes a difference. Like I've noticed now with where I am working out really, really regularly. Um, if I don't get enough sleep, I definitely notice a difference in my soreness, in my ability to hit my numbers and everything like that because exactly you just experience so much recovery during your sleep. Yes. Um, okay, let me ask you this. Cal- I guess, is calisthenics the wor- right word? Calisthenics with no Cal- weights? Calisthenics, no weights versus mm-hmm. weightlifting. Do you mm-hmm. have an opinion on that? I think both are essential. Okay. I'm not going to say one is better than the other. I think both are really important because um, being able to lift your body weight is one thing. And then with the calisthenics, you're building endurance because you're doing more repetition. Mm. Whereas when you're lifting weights, you're working the strength portion of your muscles. So the ability to lift heavier um, is also important. So I think both in terms of exercise are important. Um, And in terms of strength, ideally, you really only need to strengthen one muscle group one to two times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why people have leg day and then they have arm day. Um, so strengthening that body group one to two times a week, um, is beneficial. Um, so a lot of people think, oh, I only go to the gym, um, you know, once or twice a week. That's awesome. That's all you really need. And then the rest of the days you could do your yoga, you could do calisthenics, you could do, um, some your stretching. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. That's good to know. I, Personally, I only want to do anything if there's a barbell or a pull-up bar prefer, in my hands. <laughs> all calisthenics over here. Yeah, but it's, can, but it's yeah. awesome though because not only do you physically feel strong, but you feel mentally strong as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that yeah. makes such a big difference, you know, for me in the empowerment aspect of things because I never felt physically or mentally strong, like at all mm-hmm. my whole life. And then when I met Royal and started training for the Academy and everything, that's made such a huge difference for me. And now I'm like, okay, I just want to keep that feeling, that empowerment feeling with me all the time. And Royal reminds me all the time. He's like, okay, look, you can bench press X amount, but you can only do three pushups. Like what is your deal? You know, and I'm like, I know it's terrible. My, my drill instructor at the Academy would ball his eyes out if he saw that I could only do like three pushups right now. But, That's um, really funny. but I'm like, but my bench press is pretty good. Right. But, um, but then Royal, on the other hand, like before his injury, he was Ooh, all, I only love calisthenics. Yeah, that's, that's all that's that he did. It, because mm-hmm. I, I felt, I read this, I was reading this book, and it was called, I forgot, it was called Breaking Through or whatever. It was It was pretty much, it was, it was, about, it was about prison and all the workouts mm-hmm. they do inside. And it was talking about like how good calisthenics are. Mm-hmm. They were like, listen, with weights, all that is awesome. But eventually you'll get to a point where you have to put all these contraptions on you, put this belt around your waist, put all this stuff. It's because initially they say your body wasn't supposed to wasn't supposed to be meant 700 pounds on your shoulders mm-hmm. or your leg. it wasn't supposed to that's why you have mm-hmm. these knee wraps and this belt to keep everything mm-hmm. intact to why you lift this thing but calisthenics mm-hmm. you can go all day mm-hmm. right and so i remember when royal first came in and i was treating him and i was examining his knee Royal is a thick dude. Like mm-hmm. you're very strong mm-hmm. and you know, you're like, I would have thought, Oh, for sure. He like, you know, pumps the iron. 
um, put that, you know, bar on his back and perform some squats. Like Royal's a strong dude. So Mm -hmm. considering like him focusing on the calisthenics and like being that strong, it does show, um, it does show like you are strong, even if you don't lift weights. And then going back to like your bench press and your push-ups, definitely start working on the push-ups. So even if you're on the incline, (laughs) even if if you're on the bench press, like just go on an incline and like you are going to feel really good when you um, like bust out, you know, a couple push-ups. Like it it makes you feel good. Same with like the pull-ups. I know. Um, Yes. (laughs) I know. My pull-ups are good. It's just push-ups. I always think like I can't, I can't bench. Like I don't have. I don't bench press, but I can do push-ups. Mm-hmm. How many push-ups mm-hmm. can you? I think like using being able to use your body weight is something special. Like, what's more embarrassing? Yes. I I can lift six hundred pounds. How many push-ups can you do? One and a half. Okay, Shut well, up. get out of here. I don't want to talk to you no more. I don't want to talk to you no more. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you no more. <laughs> no, I know, and it's true. It's I definitely need to work on being more well-rounded because all I care about is powerlifting. I'm like my whole focus is my three main lifts some overhead press and then my accessory lifts, you know, in between to help strengthen my three main lifts. And one thing that Royal, I mean, this is a little bit, not totally off topic, but one thing that Royal taught me is he's like, I grew up being taught that I always have to be able to run. I've got to be able to run because you need to be able to run away. And I'm like, that is the last thing that I was taught growing up. Like nobody ever told me, okay, you got to go out and practice running so you can run away if there's an emergency or run away if you need to. But it's so true. And I think about that a lot when I, I'm like, okay, I need to start doing some cardio. I need to start sprinting again, doing more of a, you know, well-rounded physical fitness routine because it's not just about my health. It's also about my safety. Because I'm only as fast as you if we're running together. <laughs> I can't leave you behind. I know. And so I'd be holding you back. So. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so let's get back to physical therapy. <laughs> um, so let's talk ergonomics really quickly because yeah. I feel like this is something that's for me at least is this like strange subject out there that I know it's important, but I'm like, is it just the shape of the handle on my toothbrush? Like, I don't know. I mean, you know, so Tell us what ergonomics is, why it matters, and how it could possibly apply to estheticians. Okay. So in terms of ergonomics, that is the study of your work efficiency, your your body mechanics, and your working environment. So what that means is, for instance, um, you're sitting and you're performing lash extensions, and you're sitting over your client with your head tilted 60 degrees forward and you're slouching and you're reaching. Um, body mechanic wise, probably not the most efficient um, because you're putting a lot of strain on your muscles and your ligaments and your discs and your body is having to work overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's leading to fatigue. So, in terms of body mechanics, ideally, you want to be as upright as possible. Um, you want to get that neutral spine to zero degrees so that the head of your weight only weighs 10 to 12 pounds. Um, ideally, and that's an ideal situation, right? Mm-hmm. And like we talked about, it's never going to be perfect, especially in your occupation. Um, in terms of using your tools, ideally, you want your elbows bent 
uh, 90 degrees and you want your forearms belly button height. Um, So what that means is you may have to, you know, move that massage table either up or down so that your elbows are bent 90 degrees um, and working on your clients that way instead of reaching. Because if your hands are forward and you're reaching, guess what? You're straining your rotator cuff muscles. Your pec, your pec muscles are getting really tight. Mm-hmm. Um, so just making sure that you have those proper ergonomics. Because if you don't, your upper trap muscles are going to get really tight. Your pecs are going to get really tight. Your middle trapezius muscles are going to get weak. Uh, your postural muscles will get weak. Um, so the longer you have a bad and awkward posture, uh, the I don't want to say the worse off, but the more pain you may have down the road. Gotcha. Um, and when your pecs get really tight, what that can cause is uh, numbness tingling down your hands. It's called thoracic outlet syndrome. Mm. Um, and that's something that estheticians should be aware of. If you are experiencing numbness tingling down your arms while you're working with patients and gripping tools, um, I think that's when you definitely want to see a doctor and get a physical therapy referral because um, like those are kind of signs that you want to look out for and you're like, yeah, yeah, I think I need to get help. Um, so uh, another condition that you can get with awkward postures is um, a disc injury in your neck or upper back and that can cause numbness tingling down your arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with bad posture, you can get a disc injury and that can cause numbness tingling down your legs and your lower back. Um, so with awkward and poor posture, it could lead to a lot of, uh, a lot of problems. Um, in terms of your wrist, your wrists are probably bent in an awkward position that can lead to carpal tunnel syndrome that could lead to tennis elbow or golfer's elbow, which is pain along your forearm. Mm. Carpal tunnel is when you have numbness tingling in your arm and your hands from gripping for an extended period of time. Mm. Um, so, you know, those are not normal. So um, that's why I say you want to, you know, uh, when you first notice your pain, you want to get help or perform stretches right away so that it doesn't become, um, you know, numbness tingling. That's kind of like, you know, far gone down mm-hmm. the road in terms of that injury. When your nerves get involved, that's when you know um, you're pretty down chronic. You're pretty, uh, you've had this injury for a long time. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of problems that can come about with bad posture. So yes, working as an esthetician with your head bent forward and using the tools and the fine motor skills um, is required, but that's why it is important for you to um, perform those corrective exercises. Know your limits in terms of the number of days, hours, and clients you work with on a regular basis. Um, because if you just do the standard, you know, um, work eight to five and you're tired and your body is hurting and you do that for how many, however many years, um, it can cause a lot of that repetitive injuries that we just talked about. Um, and then like we talked about, then you can't work and you can't make money. Um, so it's really important to take care of yourself and to first notice your symptoms right away and get help. Gotcha. Wow. It's just, it's things that you don't think about when you mm-hmm. go into this career field. You're like, okay, I'm just going to do these treatments and learn this product knowledge and it's going to be great. 
but it is super, super hard on you physically and you have to be accountable. You've got to make it a priority to take time to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. That's just so huge. Okay. Allie, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of this with us. We always like to ask our guests at the end to briefly describe what boundaries, balance, health, and safety means to them. Yes. So boundaries are barriers that are meant to protect you. Uh, The boundaries that you set protect your balance, health, and safety. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just wanted to bring up a story about my dad, and Royal knows this. Um, My dad's a registered nurse, or he was a registered nurse, and he loved his job. He worked graveyard shift so that is from 6 p.m to 6 a.m and he worked two jobs so he worked six to seven days a week and uh he was very busy taking care of other people and you know not taking care of himself um and when you're working graveyard shift you're craving really bad and unhealthy food and my dad is Filipino and Royal knows Filipinos don't eat very healthy (laughs) everything is fried and greasy um, but you know, he just didn't take good care of himself and now he's legally blind and was forced mm-hmm. to go on disability. He was forced to no longer work. And that really makes me sad and depressed because, you know, he loved to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but what his story and what he has taught me is that you must set your boundaries. You must take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. Um, you must. Uh, find your balance. So whether that is doing yoga, playing tennis, hanging out with friends, walking your dog, you have to do the things you love. Because if you work, 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 um, and then you get sick and you can't enjoy that time off and that retired life, you're not going to find that balance. Um, and then in terms of health, like we had talked about, your health is your wealth, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can no longer work, you're not going to be able to make an income. You're not going to be able to do the things you love. You're not going to be able to take care of other people and take care of your clients or take care of your patients. Um, and in terms of safety, you know, just trusting your gut and um, taking action or saying something um, right away. So that is what uh, boundaries, balance, health, and safety is to me. I love it. Me too. Thank you so much. Thank thanks you. for thanks for sharing that story about your dad. That yeah. we really appreciate that, and we just appreciate everything that you have taught us as we've been coming to you for Royals injuries, yeah. and we just love you. We think you're so great, and thank you I for know. sharing. I love this. you guys too. It was just chatting with a couple friends, and yeah, even though Royal is discharged, you know we're still going to keep in touch. So yes, yes for sure. Yes. We absolutely yeah. will. Okay. I'll make sure I'm back. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so when this quarantine is all over, we'll, we'll hang out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Where can people yes. find you? Um, any of your SD besties want to ask any questions or get any specific exercises or if they um, you know, want to come in for physical therapy, uh, I work at Tag Physical Therapy in El Segundo, and you can contact me at my work email. It's Allie at tagpt.com, A-L-I at tagpt.com. So that's a good way that uh, your clientele can reach out to me. 
Awesome. Sounds great. We'll be sure to link that in the episode notes. Um, thanks so much again, Ali. Thank You're the you. best. Thank you.